as you know, um, y'all have heard about my Sugarless Bakery. Yes. Um, and I did my first market day at Smith Station Market Day. And I made, thinking that this was going to be way too much, was 1,800, no, no, 787 cookies of Ooh. my 12 different kinds. I sold out an hour before the thing was supposed to be over. Completely sold out. And who knew? Like, I was 10 deep in line. Like, I'm so glad that I wasn't by myself. Because I was thinking, oh, I don't need any help. But, like, my dad, I had my dad helping me, my mom, my aunt. Then one of my friends came just to walk around and, like, say hey and see how I was doing. And I put her to work. Oh, yeah. And, um... So, I'm telling you, it was crazy. I, like, I had no clue it was going to be that successful. And they're asking me to do other market days, and it's just me and my aunt making these cookies in her kitchen. Um, we can't do that <laughs> a market day every week. Um, I do have other market days lined up, like, out. But, man, it it blew up. It's crazy. And I have I don't know how many dozen I got to do this week. Like, where, uh, what was your competition like? Were you... Was there, like, any other sweets for sale? And, I think so. But they liked the sugarless thing. Was it? You think that yeah, was the, you think that was the was sugarless. The, uh, I think it was the, the draw, and the people draw. just wanting to try. Because, like, they did vendor spotlights mm -hmm. um, leading up to the weeks before the event. Yeah. And so I was even getting people messaging me on that. Like, I'm looking forward to, you know, trying your cookies and all that. And, um, like, two of my, like, other really, really good friends, um, she sells jewelry. So I was right beside her because, like, I knew her. And um, one of them came over to buy, like, cookies. And she was, like, literally stood there, like, couldn't get cookies. And then she bought, like, she loves the sugarless sugar. It's, like, the OG sugarless sugar. Um, and she bought it because that's her favorite. And somebody, like, came over to their booth and was like, I didn't get one. And, like, she gave them one of her cookies. <laughs> And she was like, that's literally my best friend. I can get them anytime. Here, try it. <laughs> it's so funny. Um, she should have been selling them for her. <laughs> um, but I'm telling you, it was it was crazy. And so now, like, I'm busy. Like, I made, like, just, like, I don't know how many dozen of white chocolate macadamia nut ones that I have been asked to make. I know I made 192 of those last night. And 130-something peanut butter ones. You're going to make everybody hungry just listening to that. I'm hungry. I wish I had my cookies. <laughs> I, I didn't get to eat a single one of my cookies last week. Because you just sold out. I huh? sold out. Wow. <laughs> and so, last week I also, I didn't see it till Thursday of last week, but I saw the new Moon Knight. Yes. Marvel show Moon Knight. So, what do you think? What's your, like, initial thoughts on um, it? It's so good. It's so different. I personally think it's one of the best premieres of one of the Marvel show, like TV shows. I do too. Like the people are criticizing it or criticize. I don't think they understand. That, they don't understand. That this guy has like multiple, multiple personalities. Personalities, and so. Like definitely the lore. Like I think it's supposed to like make you confused, and I feel like it's going to be cleared up because like we've yeah. never seen anything like this, and I think it's going to go closer to like maybe like the Eternals or something like right. in the lore and all um 
But I personally really liked it. And uh, like I said, we haven't seen anything like this yet in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And so I like that they're introducing different things, elements, and characters like this. It's, it's interesting. It's the voices in his head that are talking. And uh, is that a... Is there a famous person who plays the voice of like the? Yeah, it's F. Murray Abraham. He's the voice of like the the, the Egypt. Uh, yeah, Egyptian god. Yeah. Egyptian Egyptian god. Because I thought for a minute it was Liam Neeson. Oh yeah, that'd have been awesome. Because I thought he sounded he sounds kind of like him. But anyway. Yeah. Yeah. No, this guy. He's um the best no way that I know him is he was um, Saladari and Amadeus. Mm. It, I think the interesting thing is like. When he's in the other, he has a English accent, but yeah. the, but the other voice and I don't know how to describe this, but the other personality Person. does not have an English accent. He's a loser. the The other personality is picking up dates for him because <laughs> they think yeah. it's him. Yeah, okay, but, like, um, you haven't seen episode two, and I have. I have not seen episode two. There's quest some questions answered. Okay. All right. Now, look, uh, I have not seen episode two yet, so you can't spoil that for me, but uh, I'm super excited about it. Yes. I'm ready to see more of the, because we haven't really seen, like, the costume. Yeah. A lot of it, anyway. Right. So it's very, very, very interesting. I think you'll, uh, it's, it's going to be a different Marvel series, one of the most different ones we've seen. Yes, and I love Oscar Isaac, and I'm like, go ahead and give that man an Emmy. Yeah. Like, so good. And so if, you're, if you've watched it, uh, give it at least two episodes, because I think that uh, The Chosen kind of did that to me. Mm -hmm. to, I kind of had to get used to, like, the, you know, the, Back yeah. And, uh, go back and forth. Yeah, uh, the chosen like episode four is what really like took off for me. Yeah, well, I'm glad you said that because I was feeling like, damn, I'm like, was I just stupid not to get that or? <clears throat> but it, so it took me past. I, I think I I started catching on to like episode two what was happening. And I'm I'm, I'm like you, like the longer you go, the more you kind of understand and you get like a fuller picture. So yeah, some of these things you just got to give them a little bit of time. Mm-hmm. So. <clears throat> Today we're talking about like digital content in churches, and I think we found a, an interesting article that I sent you. Yes. And uh, we're going to go through a little bit of what it has to say today. It <clears throat> it starts out talking about our churches are losing the content battle. We we work with churches of all. This is the Unstuck Group. They work with all churches for the past eleven years. And it says, even, the, even before the coronavirus hit, we were living through the biggest communication shift in 500 years. Fewer people were attending church, and more were utilizing the web for every aspect of their lives. And most, com and most church communication is outdated. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. so true. Like, okay, true. I have like a thing where I really like to go and look on churches' websites. I do too. And I think you can tell a lot by a church's website of like how they keep it up. And that's saying I run our church's website and um, it needs some improvement. But um, that's on me. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think you can definitely tell of like how how they do things. 
Friday, you get a, a good feel. I like to, if if I visit a church for whatever reason, like I say, I'm, I'm just dropping something off for a friend or or whatever. I always like to see the sanctuary. I always like to see what's going on. And mm -hmm. I think that's the thing about these online services. You can really see what they're doing and get mm -hmm. a feel for the sanctuary and how they worship. I agree with you. Yeah. <clears throat> it says, now that COVID-19 has vastly accelerated all those trends that we were seeing beforehand, our churches can't afford to not have a digital content strategy. This isn't something we can just add to the side. It's a full-scale shift. Mm -hmm. Searching people are finding answers from everyone but the local church. Wow. Yeah. <clears throat> it says, we don't doubt that your student ministry or small groups are answering some of life's toughest questions, but do you answer them online in a way that an unchurched person might find them? What if seeking out ways to connect online is now the first step to inviting people into a community? How would that change your approach to content you are planning and producing? How can you equip your current congregation to leverage their social networks for inviting people into conversations about God and into community with your church? Mm. Now, speak into that a little bit. Like, because we did, we had like probably the most successful, uh, what, what's, the, what's the heart, what's the um, Halloween thing that we did? The, uh, uh, the fall festival. Fall festival like a couple of years ago, pre-COVID. Mm -hmm. The last one we did, like, I guess it's 2019. Yeah. October 2019. Mm -hmm. And so we, but one of the things we did is we encouraged people to put it on social media, and we had, like, over 500 people yeah. come through. It was crazy. We had music. We had, uh, it, it blew our minds into, into what something could do. And that cost us, like, nothing or a small church right that cost us very little advertising it's just people sharing and so that's that's something that i think people need to get a hold of is that your people sharing on facebook or twitter or instagram is a big deal yeah i think like make it like a challenge you know to do it and i also think um you got to be consistent with you you can't just be like um like, okay, for example, during 2020, like, we, like, pushed, like, online stuff. Because that's how we were communicating with, like, our church. But then I feel like we've slacked off because, oh, we got people coming back. Well, not everyone's coming back, one. And, two, we're trying to get new people into the church as well. And so I feel like a lot, and it's not just us. I think a lot of churches have, like, oh, we don't have to do that anymore. No, I think, like, you've right. got to keep doing it, and yeah. even more so, because this is just the way that the world works now. Right. I agree with you, totally. It said, on down the article, I highlighted this, is that in late September 2020, we conducted a survey to learn more about how churches are engaging digital ministries strategies. Many of the result, results were disheartening, but this one in particular stood out. Only 21% of those surveys agree with this statement. We have a well-defined digital ministry strategy to engage with people who are outside the church and outside the faith. In other words, 79% don't. Mm. It's time to shift away from defining your digital ministry strategy as putting your services online and to start thinking about how to really connect with people outside the church and outside the faith. Yeah. Definitely. So 
this is more or less a guide on um, where to begin this article uh, it says like thousands of churches are getting serious about developing a real ministry digital ministry strategy we know because you're reaching out to us here at the unstuck group asking if we do strategic planning for digital ministry we keep getting this this question what would you do if you worked at our church but the answer to this question is not easy as we dug into why this feels complicated with each new conversation it's because it is complicated ultimately your digital strategy cannot be an addition to your real ministry methods highlight quotation mark real you have to dig all the way down to the foundation of your ministry and then start answering these quick key questions so here we go what's your vision for the next five years mm. what do you believe God wants your church to look like what do you, who are you trying to reach who has God equipped you to serve really really well how are you reaching them now what already is work, working for you and what's driving growth if you're losing people why are they leaving what are they choosing instead who is your competition hint it's probably not of the churches how is your culture attempting to meet the needs only God in the local church can truly meet how are you perceived in your ministry is the perception true do you need to change it what are your goals for trying a new strategy how will you know you're winning how who does what on your team who owns and drives each goals mm. if those sound more big picture than specifically related to communication strategy it's because they are no digital strategy company worth its half hefty retainer would tell you they can give you a strategy that will work without diving deep into understanding who you are where you're going and how you design the define success Man, that's pretty deep, mm, isn't it? That's, I mean, that's good. pretty good. And I think that what it got into is is something that I'm really praying praying about right now. It's talking about vision. Uh, and does your church communicate the vision? Do you have goals? What does success look like? What does the next step look like? Mm -hmm. I don't. I don't think a lot of churches are doing that. I don't. I don't think they know. I don't no. think they they can communicate it. Like I no. I truly believe that the churches that you see dying are churches that have no vision yeah and that aren't willing to make the changes to get up to speed to help reach the people you know that this is talking about yeah and i and i think if you're like um if you're like us and you're an older church it's hard to communicate the need and the necessity and how important these things are right just because like a lot of, if we have a lot of members that aren't on facebook that doesn't mean we don't have people that need to be reached on facebook you know and to right. try to like communicate that of like you may not be on the internet you may not but we have to get like this next generation in we have to get people with young families that are on facebook yeah. that are on well not even facebook on social media in general so like you know, what can we do? I feel like I, I'm 52. Well, I will be. 51. Uh, and this, and I know that I prefer to communicate via text. I would rather you text me than call mm -hmm. me. Uh, but I'm, I'm on the bubble because I know I was, 
I had to communicate with somebody. I texted them. I was trying to te- communicate with them via text. They're younger than me, mm-hmm. and they still were like, oh, well, that's, that's not a way I like to communicate. Huh. And so it's it's kind of like a, we're definitely on like a, a trend. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like we're we're going through something, and probably like if you have an older church like us, a lot of them don't understand the need for it. So it's going to be important to communicate what you're doing and why you're doing it mm-hmm. and why it's important. Yeah. Because I think one of the things that, because we are, let's, let's face it, we are, we feel like we've patted ourselves on the back because we have, we're, we went online. Mm-hmm. We're doing Facebook Live and then we're putting that on YouTube. Yeah. So we must be like, ooh, we're digital. We're yeah. savvy, you know. But that's not good enough. Mm-mm. Right, and it needs to be. We can't move forward without addressing some of the things that, that these things were asking. Who are you trying to reach? How are you reaching them? It, it's not. Yeah. It's not like a, a scattergun mentality. We're trying to reach everybody. We're. But that's not gonna gonna work. Right. Like, where do you think we are? Is that like a bad analysis of us personally? You think that's pretty close? Yeah, I definitely think so. Uh, for one thing, like, who are you trying to reach? We, one of the things I said down in the article said, when we work with churches, we always start with who. This is such a critical conversation. If a church does not define this, the planning process is very difficult mm-hmm. because everyone is confused about who they are designing ministry for. We understand the temptation to answer everyone why wouldn't we want everyone to know about jesus that's ultimately why we got into ministry right but the problem is we think we're speaking to everyone but we're not we usually talking to people just like us in big vague terms that don't connect with personal level as we work with hundreds of churches over the past 11 years we've learned something highly valuable that sounds a bit counterintuitive when it comes to how we do church Mm. It's crucial to have a defined mission field to lead a growing church. You can't have an effective ministry strategy without knowing who you're trying to reach. And you certainly can't expand your church's digital front door if you don't know who you're trying to reach. Yeah, that's true. And, like, there's so many different, like, groups. You have to, like, think of that. Like, yeah. there's there should never not be a group that you want to exclude from being a part of your church. Yeah, like, I know that I have a friend, and he works for um, a a North Point strategy church, right? And so, a lot of the, the, a lot of the, uh, the pushback to what North Point is doing is that people don't understand their audience and who they're reaching. They're talking to lost people. Mm -hmm. That's their audience. That's the people that they're that they're talking to. So they have to, they talk to them in different ways than, let's say, yeah. First Baptist, fill in the blank, would talk to mm-hmm. talk to people. Like, <clears throat> so North Point is in Alpharetta. Andy comes from First Baptist Atlanta. So now he's, ta- but he's talking to new converts, to people that are lost or people that are just found Jesus. And so they are, talking in different ways than his dad does at First Baptist. Right. 
Yeah. Even though that's his background, that's who who he's who he's uh, who they're aiming for. Mm-hmm. And so that's where the I don't know if you call it conflict, but a lot of the the rub comes from or misunderstanding really. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> so what does that uh, what are some of the different uh, groupings or different people that churches are trying to reach? Um, some people are trying to reach a certain age group, age range. Ideally, you have like a 10-year range, but no more than 15. So you do have an age range for your church. Spiritual condition, like I was just talking about. Unchurched, mm-hmm. deep church, spiritual curious, disciple maker. Um, and life stage, single, married, parents, empty nesters, retirees. Yeah. This is, and then it, the article goes on to say this, these words. It says, this is not about exclusion. This is about focus. Yeah. So I think when you say, I think when people ask the question about digital ministry strategy, they wanted something that was cookie cutter. Yeah. But they can't really give a cookie cutter answer because a lot, all churches are different. I mean, that exactly. Sort of proves that. Exactly. And like, I think like even like, for like different like short term goals, it can be like, all right, let's get like this group of people in. All right, we got them in. Let's shift focus. You know. Yeah. Um. So we're ever growing, and like I said, like there's many different groups that are a part of a church. You right. know. But like, it's all about coming and being united as one once they get in. But you gotta do different things to try to get them in too. Right. Because I've always wondered, like, this is just me, like off the cuff, like if I'm in a Seeker Church, reaching like something like Northmore, reaching lost people or unchurched people. What does that? And you just brought that. You just hinted about that. What does that look like in ten years? What does that look like in in twenty years? Yeah. Because now you've got people that hopefully is growing in Christ, and if they're growing, they're not going to be at the same place they were ten right. years or twenty years ago. So yeah. So you got to figure out how to disciple them. Exactly, and that, and that, and. I could go on and do a whole thing about how we don't disciple like we should be discipling. I think we have a lot of seeker-friendly churches that bring them in and then just leave them at the same level for years. But there has to be that growth. And we sometimes don't want to put in the work to do that, to help them become um, disciples, to disciple them. Then they become the disciple makers, you know? Yeah. Well, I think there, for years... um, like in in the Baptist model, you would uh, we say, okay, you really want to get discipled, you come to discipleship training. That's before night church. Well, so many people have dumped night church, mm-hmm. and then what do you do with discipleship training? And just because they're <coughs> and and there aren't a lot of people giving you that mm-hmm. attendance, even if you had a night church, they would come back for it. So, how do you disciple people at a in a world where they're not giving you as much time as they once did. Right. Exactly. So it's not easy. These questions aren't easy in, in talking about this. Mm-mm. Uh, one of the things in there says, uh, determine your content strategy, primary message for each step on the continuum. For someone who is not interested, as an example, our strong encouragement is that you build your content strategy around providing help and answers for living life, addressing the opportunities and challenges 
they are facing in their daily lives, like relationships, parenting, emotional, mental, health, purpose, financial, etc. I think one of the things that it hit on there was uh, it's not just about putting your service online. Right. It's about engaging people online. Yep. And, like, I think, like, it's super important, like, to do posts, like, during the week to try to say, to try to engage for people to comment or or make something shareable that they can then put on their Facebook, you know? Um, it's just trying to engage and, like, get them to participate in online things. I think... Okay, I want to I want to give you some uh, some ideas that help you uh, move forward. That mentions in the article number one. Think digital content rather than online services. Mm. So that's what, what I'm just what I was just saying. Think more than just putting your Sunday morning service online. Think about how much you can put online. Can you develop small groups online? Can you uh, put other content online? And we're going to talk about that, a couple examples in, the, in, a, in a little bit. We'll kind of close and, and move on here in a bit. So think digital content rather than online services. Because online services is very small. Digital content kind of grows your, your mind into thinking of more than just putting uh, Bethany's worship service online. Okay? Right. Think shareable online rather than a requirement to show up in person. That's a, it's in addition to your in person. And I think, Elijah, I think that is, that's all about it. We've got to start redefining what success is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think like a lot of times like we have now thought of like, oh, going online is, a, is selling out. No, that's not selling out. That is making it a, that is just as much outreach as going door to door or something like that. Yeah. And you, you, you got to get your, your, your head wrapped around that. I think, uh, a couple of years ago, well, it's been several years ago now, I was, I sat in on a church's vision team meeting and, and one of them can't, a couple of them could not get past that door to door. We got to go door to door. We got to go knocking. Yeah, no, door no to one door. wants you to go door to door anymore. <laughs> That's exactly right. And and so, how do you change that that mindset? How do you get your your mind wrapped around that? Especially when you keep talking to people. So, well, and their point is, hey, look over there. You know, there's Joe Blow sitting at the table over there, and I and Joe Blow's at this church because somebody went door to door and reached them. I said, yeah, but Joe Blow is not average person today. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, me personally, I don't want you showing up at my door unannounced at any time. Right. Unless you're a UPS uh, driver dropping off a package. True facts. All right. <laughs> so, think shareable online rather than uh, a requirement to show up in person. <clears throat> think Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube rather than your sanctuary or church classroom. Mm. So think online people and don't discount that because I, I think a lot of people I think to your point to what you just said is that when we were not having online 
services. When we were not having in-person services, everyone, people would, would say this to you, so you're canceling church. Right. No, we're not canceling church. We're, move. we're moving it online. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> there's a whole, especially I think here in the South, we equate church as a building. Yeah. And this speaks more to that being not true than probably anything else Absolutely. that we've ever talked about. Absolutely. And so think Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube rather than sanctuary or church classroom. And then need to make this conversation back to your team. <clears throat> so communicate that to your leaders and, and who you're reading, who mm -hmm. you're reaching, and, and, your, and your people that are that are in there. The, the problem is uh, when you're doing digital strategy, it's like this podcast, for instance. Part of this is testing, measuring, revisiting, rethinking, testing again. So let's talk about mm -hmm. you know continually revising what you're doing and checking the metrics on there. Yeah, absolutely. But it seems like it's hard, Eliza, to, to like test that because I know because our podcast is on Apple Podcast. It's on Spotify, Anchor, yeah. Spotify. Mm -hmm. it's, it's hard to, like, can I look at one place and get the metrics? Do I have to go to every little place that yeah. it's at and find out how many people are looking there? And so then how do I measure success Yeah. without going to all of them? But right. I, <clears throat> I want to close. I don't, I don't want to bog everybody down because this, this is a worship podcast, and we're talking about uh, digital stuff, and this might be uh, – I didn't want you to think we're geeking out today, but I, <laughs> I do want y'all to think that if you're at a church, what are they doing for digital content and how are they reaching people digitally? And if you'll respond on our Facebook page, that'd be great. I want to give you a couple examples and then we'll move on to our uh, songs of the week and quotes of the week, okay? Uh, Grace Church in Massachusetts, they started hosting webinar Wednesdays on, top, on topics like overcoming fear and anxiety talking to kids about racism, starting a thriving business, and keeping your kids safe online. How cool is that? Yeah. Right? <clears throat> and then very cool. Westside Community Church in Oregon launched a new podcast, only it's not your typical church podcast, with a replay of the Sunday message. Lead Pastor Gabe Kolstad and his wife Melissa have started a podcast called Marriage Monthly to help marriages that are under pressure in this season and ultimately help the church connect with new people. How cool is that? Yeah. And then Sun Valley Community Church in Arizona hosted a digital marriage retreat. More than 900 couples participated and one-third of them were brand new people. That's amazing. Wow. Talk about reaching people online digitally. And you can do that anywhere. Yeah. And I think that the thing is, like, a lot of us were um, amazed at the reach that we had during COVID. Mm -hmm. I think we had somebody that was in Africa at one time tune into our worship service mm -hmm. that we had online. And so, and, but like you said, it's just like we just kind of like, that's kind of like going to the wayside. We don't even pay attention. We do it, but, but we don't pay attention yeah. to it anymore. Right? Yeah. I think it's just like I said, like we you got to be consistent. And you got to see it as being um, just as much ministry as like the men's ministry meeting or the senior adult ministry or whatever youth ministry. Like it's it's got to be a part of your church now. 
um, because everybody's, not everybody, but most of the population is online. And you have to, like, we don't, I think it's with anything, like, you don't change the message, you just find new ways to make it known, you know? Yeah, and I, I think there's a, um, I think just some additional ways. I know there's a church that called a pastor, he was at a contemporary church, he came to theirs, they have multiple campuses, they did like a marriage retreat, and then afterwards, the pastor and his wife got on and answered some questions about marriage just on a Facebook Live, and they mm. took questions in the comments. Yeah. And that's like, I think one of the things about having a digital strategy is it always comes down to, okay, how much is this going to cost us? Right. Because I think I could think of a lot of different ways that we could boost things, but how much is it going to cost us? Yeah. We're a small church. We don't, we don't have a budget for this. Shame on us, but we don't have a budget for it. So how can we, we do that? But that's a way that you can do it on the cheap. Mm-hmm. And so I, I believe that the strange thing is that this conversation should cause us to start thinking out of the box. Yeah. We did, uh, in the moment, in the crisis, we did. Mm-hmm. We came up with, uh, okay, we're gonna, we're, we got to put content out there. Let's do like a. Yeah, we did music. like let's yeah. Do, let's, let's, music. We went through a book. We um, had members do devotions every week and post. I love that. And so we were putting content out there. And where is that going? What has happened to it? Yeah. And the part that I loved, like we said, when we came back. We were so in a, in a hurry to get back to normal, we didn't realize what. In our lives, God allows us to go through crisis and conflict and troubling times. And it's not to bring us down, it's to lift us up. He's growing us and he's showing us something new. And when he does, you need to take advantage of it. And mm-hmm. I don't think we did take advantage of it. Yeah, I completely agree. So think about that. And, and like you... Uh, <clears throat> Like I thought about those some of those churches that were doing that, uh, the parking lot like drive through church, or they they did all church and we did you know we did a a, a drive up musical thing. We're, we're we're thinking about doing like outdoor outdoor like a family night when we show a movie yeah. on the screen. So whatever you're you're doing, I mean we this today was just talking about digital content, but continue to reach new reach out and reach up with new methods yeah absolutely all right so quotes of the week quotes of the week okay i don't have um this was just from a social media page speaking of you know um digital ministry um (laughs) and so i don't have who the quote is by and i've had quotes like this in the past but i just really liked how this was phrased and it's super simple Um, And so I don't have anyone to credit it to. But it says, evangelism is an overflow of our worship. Hmm. That that amazed, like when I went through school and and we we were talking about how discipleship is and evangelism can go hand in hand, how discipleship and and worship can go hand in hand, how you can disciple from the pulpit. Yeah. And so we, I think a lot of the, the aspects, especially like, you know, uh, Rick Warren is the one who kind of defined like the, the five 
pillars of the church yeah. about things, worship ministry, service, uh, mm -hmm. fellowship, evangelism. And so he, when, when he, as he defined those things, it, it seemed like those were all like all separate things. And it seems like to more and more they, people are combining those things. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, mine was by Matt Canoza. It said, worship is action. Worship is not lazy, boring, or sad. Worship is zealous, famous, mm. and joyful. Oh, I love that. I know it's not. It, is, it should challenge us to how we worship and what we worship in it. I like it. Worship is not lazy and boring. I think that's great. Yeah, I think like we've equated it with that for so long. Like, But it doesn't have to be that way. That's not how it's supposed to be. Right. It should be an over, overflow to what God is already teaching you. Absolutely. In your quiet time. Yeah. What about our songs of the week? Alrighty. I am pumped about mine. I was going to wait till next week to do it to be closer to Easter, but um, that did not happen because I'm just obsessed with it. Um, I have, I'm so obsessed with it that, um, I felt led for us to change one of our songs that I'd already planned for Easter for us to do this because it's just so good. And, um, it's the gospel and it's called Christ and Christ Crucified, um, by Lindy Kofer and the Circuit Rider Music. Circuit Rider Music. Yeah. I'm sorry. Exactly. No, um, I love the name because of like the... You know, it's for the old circuit riders. But um, they have gotten so big. Like, there is not, like, for a hot minute, like, in, like, February and March, yeah. every Christian video that I saw on TikTok had one of their other songs, um, like, just playing in the background and, like, people, like, dancing to it, people, like, talking about it. Like, they have gotten like, really big. And that song is good, but this song is my favorite so far. But um, it says... The wages of my sin was death. You knew I couldn't pay the debt. You paid it with your final breath. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You took the wrath that I deserved. Your holy blood broke my broke every curse. Your mercy had the final word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And then we it says, We sing Christ and Christ crucified. And you were raised from death to life. And then we sing Christ and Christ crucified. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I really love this. Um, I may end up doing the whole song because it's just so good no sin is bigger than your blood no shame is stronger than your love you said it is finished it is done hallelujah hallelujah death couldn't keep you in the ground you rose in power and took hell down that's power that power is living in us now hallelujah hallelujah and then it goes back to the chorus but the bridge is everything the bridge is the easter it says death couldn't hold you down. Hell couldn't steal your crown. There's resurrection power in your name, in your name. Let all the earth cry out. Lift up a holy sound. Give all the glory now to Jesus' name, to Jesus' name. Mm. Uh, it's just so good. And I literally have listened to it in my car just like screaming out the lyrics. If you saw me riding, you probably thought I was a crazy person. Because I'm literally like one hand on the wheel, one hand just like can't help but... <laughs> But, uh, that sounds like one of those upfront songs that you would do, like just to start out everything. No, it starts slow and then it oh. builds, and then that br that bridge is a boom. Yeah. Like it's so good. All right, sneaks up on you. It does. It's kind of very um, death was arrested almost. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Now don't get me excited. I love death was arrested. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my song of the week is from the Newsboys. Stand and I. Have <laughs> 
have it done anything from the new boys. But it's been a, been a long time since I've heard something new from him. It said, uh, who will I be when trouble comes calling for me? Will I live the way I believe? When I'm backed up against the wall, what kind of heart do I have in my chest? Does it beat for my Savior or just for my flesh? What will I do in the moment that everything falls? And the chorus is, I'm going to stand in a world that's breaking stand for truth unchanging. I'm not ashamed. I've considered the cost. I'll stand right here at the foot of the cross and stand. They can call me a fool or stubborn for following you, for trusting without any proof. But I've seen you here through it all. So what kind of person do I want to be? Am I committed to you or committed to me? What will I choose the second that everything falls? And then it goes back mm. into stand. I love that. I, I, I really like, does it, what kind of heart do I have in my chest? Does it be for my Savior or for my flesh? Mm, then, that's good. Or what kind of person do I want to be? Am I committed to you or committed to me? I think that's the struggle of everybody has as far as following Christ and and I've been talking like last couple of weeks in, in church about the struggle of the flesh. And mm -hmm. I think it just really speaks to that. I mean, it's, it's timely for me, yeah. like right now. And so I, I just think it really speaks to me. Yeah, that's good stuff. You know, <clears throat> uh, before we go, number one, I, I'm, I'm super excited. We're going to have a guest next Wednesday. Uh, we're, we'll be recording with uh, Stacy White Riddle. She has two... Uh, new songs out and so I'm looking forward to talking to her about songwriting and I went to school with her we both are University of Mobile alum <laughs> so I'm looking forward to catching up uh, also um, you know every week we, we try to come up with a quote we, we've already given you our quotes and I was looking through like a worship and there was a there's a George Carlin quote on one of the little sites that I had and he was talking about uh, started worshiping the sun he made some a smart like remark about it um, my success rate at my prayers is the same as it was when I prayed to God 50% and I think that that just goes to, to tell us and it just reminded me there's work to be done mm -hmm. and we just can't give up on people there's there's reasons why some prayers aren't answered and some are yeah. Well, well, every prayer is answered, just maybe not in the way we want them to mm -hmm. be. So, uh, there's work to be done. Keep pointing to people. Uh, in a world where the church is silent, the world will find something to substitute for God if we don't give them that option. Yeah. And it's up to us to give it to them. Yeah, absolutely. I, um, I've been reading in John leading up to, um, which I've stopped because um, I stopped in what I read. John 18 and then I stopped because I'm like I'm, I'm going to save the rest for next week you know yeah. but um, it was when uh, Jesus was being and I, I like to read I have a Bible that I do my quiet time in, and it's like half NIV and then half the message and so I like going through both of them and um, I was reading in John 18 and he is when Pilate is uh, questioning Jesus and in the message it um, Jesus said I'm not the world's kind of king and I just really love that. I'm like, he's yeah. not. He came to be different. He came to be totally like what they thought they were looking for for the Messiah. He was not it. He was better than what they could think. Right. And it also um, got me thinking of he, like, 
if we follow him, he is our king. He's not the world's kind of king. We can't be the world's kind of people. Yeah. That we have to make a difference. We ha- we have to go to the people that the world hates. Honestly, we got to go to the people that Christians hate. You know, yeah. if we're going to truly like live for Christ and just go to those people that Jesus loves because there's like you keep saying I lo- absolutely love is there's not a single person that Jesus didn't die for. Right. And we have to get up and we have to go be a difference and not be like the world. Yeah, and change doesn't happen in your comfort zone. Right. So we've got to get out of our comfort zone and change it. That's what, you know, our, our article today was talking about with the digital media strategy. Um, I was reading, as I've been looking at this vision, I've been listening to a podcast of a friend of mine. And he was talking about, like, you know, for when he first started, he didn't think about vision. He didn't think about process. He didn't think about mission statements. Uh, he just preached the gospel and thought that was good enough. But we, without Bible says without a vision, the people will perish. So mm-hmm. We have to keep pointing them to, to that vision and keep casting the vision, Absolutely. especially if we we can't find it. Uh, I want to uh, before we go, we got one more thing for you. Uh, all this is just uh, bonus features, right? Huh. So like on your movies, uh, Easter Now is a great app for this time of year. It will kind of keep you up into what. What was going on back in biblical times? What's Jesus doing like on Palm Sunday? We're just about to face Palm Sunday on Sunday. I hope everybody has a great worship service. But check out Easter now. Mm-hmm. And as you go through Easter season, it'll help you to appreciate what's going on and how it's how it's unfolding. Especially if you're a worship leader, look up Easter now. Absolutely. Give you some ammunition for this coming week. Mm-hmm. Yep. Anything else? I think that's it. Thank you for tuning in. Hope that you enjoyed and that you got a lot out of this. I know that I did. Y'all uh, keep reaching out and reaching up and, and keep pushing for change in your church. If maybe you feel like you're beating your head against the wall, keep beating. God's work. Absolutely. Y'all have a great week. Alrighty. This has been the Worship Chat.